clinical breast exams and emerging technologies. Can manual exams be improved? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a focus on future medicine. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, your host, and with me today is Dr. Kerry Kaufman. Dr. Kaufman is a breast surgeon and assistant clinical professor at the University of Washington. He has lectured and published extensively on the diagnosis and treatment of breast cancer. He is the past president of the National Consortium of Breast Cancer Centers and recently led NIH-funded research on tactile sensing technology. Dr. Kaufman comes to us today from Los Angeles, and today we're discussing clinical applications of emerging tactile sensing technology. Dr. Kaufman, welcome to ReachMD. Thanks for being with us. Great to be here. Before we talk about some of the technical issues in sensing technology, maybe you could give us an idea of your medical background and how you got interested in this part of the breast cancer business. Right. Well, I'm a breast surgeon. I started out as a general surgeon in the last 12 years or so. I've just solely been involved with breast diagnosis and breast cancer treatment. I think the way I've I've got to this is because I actually started in Los Angeles, Long Beach, and was involved with Lazo Tabar, who is a internationally known mammographer who really proved that mammography saves lives. And I was the main surgeon when he was doing his lecturing across the country and just been involved with breast cancer, like I say, diagnosis and treatment. And moved from Los Angeles to Washington State about 13 years ago, and I've continued that progress. And been involved with this particular project for the last five or six years. Well, most of us, I guess, who are practicing, I think about the clinical breast exam as digital palpation and then mammography, maybe ultrasound, uh, maybe biopsy or MRI. We're talking about something new and different here. As a breast surgeon, how does this fit in your, your way of looking at suspicious clinical findings? Well, we've had tremendous progress in all those items that you've said. We've had mammography has improved. We're now doing, using digital mammograms, ultrasound. The transducers have gotten smaller and more portable. MRI has got computer-assisted diagnosis. We have mammograms and a variety of PET scans and, and PEM scans. We have a lot of technologies, but we none of the technologies have improved the clinical breast exam. And certainly the clinical breast exam is the most accessible exam open to every woman with no pain, with easy access. And really, unfortunately, it's it's used too often. And there is no clear criteria of what the clinical breast exam is. I mean, if you look in different textbooks, it's described in a variety of ways and often too inadequately described, or there's very little attention described in describing the clinical breast exam. And anyhow, this is the first huge step of progress in the clinical breast exam when you translate the clinical breast exam to an image. And now you have a documented image that accurately describes the clinical breast exam. Right. Well, although we're on radio, I'm going to ask you to describe maybe what that image might look like or what the physician or provider actually sees when when he or she does this. If I examine a patient and I feel, let's say, a smooth round cyst, let's say, or, or fibroadenoma, a round nodule, I might describe it in my exam as, you know, this is a smooth nodule, it measures about so big and is uh, movable and has a certain hardness to it or firmness to it and it seems to be homogeneous. Uh, There are specific components of the physical exam. Well, if I wanted to look at what that nodule would look like under the pre-mammogram exam, under this palpation imaging exam, it would look like a single hill, like a smooth peak, if you will, where this hill, like a single hill out in the middle of nowhere, 
would have a height, and the height would be related to how hard the lump is. If the lump was soft, it would, the, the peak wouldn't be very high, but if it was hard, it would be much higher relative to the surrounding area, like the valley around it, when the valley would be the normal breast tissue around the palpable lump. And then the width of the hill, the base of it, if you looked at the base of the hill, it would have a width and a length. That would be the size of the lump that you were feeling. And then if it was a smooth, round lump, then the hill would have a nice symmetric peak. It would go up and down like a bell-shaped curve, let's say. On the other hand, if it was a cancer, which is very non-homogeneous, meaning it's lumpy or irregular and jagged, then the peak would be multiple peaks, and some would be at different heights, and then that would be a malignant lesion. And, and- so this picture that you're describing, that's something obviously that can be saved, can be printed, can be uh, put in the chart? Yes, exactly. It's real time. So you place this transducer over the lump and you have an immediate picture on the device where you're looking at a picture that I just described. The other thing about the picture is it's in color and the higher the pressure, like the top of the peak, the top half will be uh, of the colors of the rainbow, it will be red. And as you go from the high pressure down to the low pressure, it goes from red to yellow to green to blue and the very bottom and the low pressure, the low valley around the peak would be blue. So you have both the physical shape and the color change, and you'd see that immediately on your machine and, you know, a click of a button and you have a report. If you're just joining us, you're listening to a Focus on Future Medicine. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, and I'm speaking with Dr. Carrie Kaufman, and we're discussing clinical applications of emerging tactile sensing technology. Carrie, you described a picture for us. How do clinicians respond when they see this for the first time and they're thinking about applications in their own office, in their own practice? What what kind of feedback have you gotten? Well, the feedback is very prompt. Um, When people see this, they say, oh, I get it. I mean, it doesn't take very long to figure out what it's doing and how well it does it. And the person immediately wants to grab the probe and examine something. (laughs) So I think as far as translating the clinical breast exam to a digital image, they see that and they see the uniqueness of it. The fact is there's nothing like it. And then the other thing is, how does it fit in? And it can fit in in a variety of areas. For myself, I'm a breast surgeon. It aids in my documentation of the clinical breast exam. If I tell you that I feel an area that's thickened or fibrous or dense or glandular or firm, what does that convey to you? On the other hand, if I give you a picture that has an exact visual of what the physical exam is, then you can see it right away. And the other thing is that if I examine the same person next week or you examine the same person next week, you'll get the exact same picture and we don't have to be caught in using the word fibrous. That's what I'm saying as a breast surgeon. On the other hand, there's a tremendous potential benefit here for screening. I just came back from China where the doctors there were very impressed with this and think that this will be useful is in screening women. China and other developing countries have a big issue that most of their patients have palpable lesions and mammography is not as well developed in countries such as that. And the doctors there were very impressed. In fact, they have a million women program where they want to examine a million women. I think they've done 120,000 already. And they're seriously considering using this as well as their other screening devices to see if this will improve the early diagnosis of breast cancer in their population. Carrie, can practicing MDs in uh, in this country access this technology right now? There's a website called premammogram.com and that I think is just going through 
an upgrade, but I think it's just like it sounds, premammogram.com, and uh, they can get information about this. The device is present, and it's just a matter of uh, figuring what's the best way to utilize it in your particular situation. Are you screening patients? Are you a breast surgeon? Are you a family practice doc who wants to give a better exam to patients? I, I just had a patient came in with a fibroadenoma, a smooth round lesion. You have a clinical idea of it, but I use this device, and not just because I'm used to it, but it, it it only took me about two minutes to do the exam, and with the click of a button, I had a, printed, a color-printed report showing the lesion as I described it, that hill. The report pops out describing the exact size of the lesion, how hard it is. It, it gives you a visual, and you can hand it to the patient, or you can put it in your chart, or you can add it to your consultation note and include it in your email if you send a, a consultation note in email, and it's just it's very facile. If it, I also do ultrasound, but if I do an ultrasound, I have to type up a report. This kind of, it's, it's one touch shopping here. Is it also economically feasible for small practices? Is there a CPT code for it? Is it going to be paid for by insurance? At the moment, there's not a specific CPT code for this. I think it augments your your practice. I think, actually, I did a study that was published in the American Journal of Surgery, and part of the study, we asked primary care docs, how would you respond if you got three types of consultations from surgeons about your physical exam? One of them had this report, one of them didn't, and one of them was a handwritten one, and one was a type one. And the bottom line is when the referring doctors saw this report along with the, whether it be a handwritten note or a typewritten note, they thought that the doctor that sent this report was much more skilled and had a better knowledge, fund of knowledge of even how to do a breast surgery. <laughs> but at least it was a better fund of knowledge and it was more current with current examination. They thought it was a more thorough exam. It's not just a matter of conceptualizing. It is a, a more thorough exam because it documents it more accurately than my verbal description or handwritten description on the chart. You see this as a pre-mammogram setting and then going on to the mammogram, or do you see it instead of, in addition to? The word connects it with mammography, but it's really connected to the clinical breast exam. It is the more accurate clinical breast exam. So wherever you're going to do a clinical breast exam, this defines the clinical breast exam. It defines it for that day if you happen to be out of town and your partner is going to examine that patient and they're going to read your notes. It defines it for that person because then they can do the exact same exam on that patient and know whether the lump's getting bigger or smaller. I'm thinking as you're talking that this might have some value in education as well, like with medical students or residents in terms of consistency of here's what you feel, here's what it looks like, here's what it means to somebody else as well. Any thoughts of uh, using it in that fashion? Exactly. I think it extends the reach of instructors. When you have a medical student, you're the teacher and you examine the patient and say, here, feel this. Okay, now look at the palpation imaging uh, picture. That's what either a cancer feels like or this is what a fibroadenoma feels like. Then the student can go out to their own clinic and examine the patient and do this palpation imaging and get a visual of whether they are examining and describing their, their lesion correctly. And it really extends the reach of the professors. What's in the future for you, Carrie? Are you doing uh, some more research? Are you taking this out to a wider audience? This is really the first step just to document the clinical breast exam, which is you know FDA-approved procedure. But what's happening in the research is really this device will eventually help make the diagnosis of what the lesion is, uh, whether it's benign or malignant, 
in, I actually published a study in the American Journal of Surgery where it accurately identified whether a mass was present or not, but also was able to identify whether it was malignant or not. And actually did it a little bit better than the clinical breast exam. And that was really with basic technology. I think the new technology, the new algorithms that are that are on, on the pipeline are going to be able to give you a fairly accurate statement as to what the lesion is and what the next step is. Any thoughts about its applications outside of breast exams? Is there any reason it couldn't be used for like prostate palpations or things like that? When I was in China, the doctors asked me, well, can you use this on thyroid? Because palpation of thyroid is somewhat difficult for a variety of us. And I think it can be with some modifications of the transducer. I mean, the flat surface of the neck is different than the flat surface of the breast. So, mm-hmm. But, for example, that might be another application. Because I'm just specialized in, in breast, and I haven't thought about it even beyond those applications. My thanks to Dr. Kerry Kaufman, who's been our guest. We've been discussing clinical applications of tactile sensing technology. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn. You've been listening to A Focus on Future Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. Thanks for listening.